Welcome back to another episode of Before the Storm podcast. Jared Alator joined by James Parsons here. And we're going to get into Oklahoma State football, also get into a little bit of the NFL, and also the much-anticipated regular season game, maybe of NFL history, the, the return to Gillette Stadium for Tom Brady. It was definitely one to watch last it, night. It was amazing. It? it was a great game. I loved it, man. Uh, it was actually pretty slow game though i didn't enjoy that part to be honest mm. i was i was expecting tom brady to come out there and sling it but he seemed a little uh a little scared or something i don't know i don't know maybe a little uh you know the all the anticipation was kind of getting to him or something i don't know it was a rainy day it was raining there pretty good so but the halftime score was seven to six and i was just uh, I, didn't, I didn't really enjoy that part i was like mm. I mean, it was a cool moment and everything like that. And he also passed uh, Drew Brees for all-time passing yards, I think it was. Yes. 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 Yeah. And now Brees is retired, so now they won't go back and forth no more with that back and anymore. Forth, yeah. And Brees has held it for the last couple of years, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool as well. <laughs> they kind of didn't do much for him at that, but I understand because he's now the visiting quarterback, uh, quarterback there for that team. So uh, the Patriots guy were kind of like, hey, Tom Brady passed all time passing yards. <laughs> and they put it up on the big board and they were like, hey, congrats, but we still want to beat you. <laughs> you know? the, the, the vibe from the fans in Gillette Stadium seemed to be, hey, you know, we'll have a little pregame ceremony for you. You know, we're going to cheer you on as you run through that field. You took us to nine Super Bowls, six championships, one. But once comes game time, we're gonna root against you. It was. I honestly <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing. I was like, man, he's is this? Are they gonna cheer for him all night? And then they get in the game, or he, they're like, ooh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, let's go and stuff like that. They're like, oh, we love you, we miss you. And then as soon as he stepped on the field, and they started like about to play their first snap of offense for the Bucks, and it was just immediately booze all mm. over there. And I was, I was laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing. I don't know why, but I was just like, man, you guys really got him. You were like, we, we love you. Nah, just kidding. We went to the lose, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was certainly a tough night. I think for everyone last night with the rain, and it came down all night long. It was pouring all night long. Definitely did not help uh, some some of the plays. And there were definitely a few trick plays last night. I mean, Bill you know, sometimes likes to throw something under his sleeve. But for Tom... Throwing for 269 yards, Fournette, the leading rusher with 20 carries, 91 yards. The Tampa Bay offense, as you said before, seemed to be going slow all night long. But when Tampa Bay had it on offense, it was a second to last drive before the Patriots had an opportunity to. And once again, it's another Tom Brady fourth quarter drive for Ryan Suckup to kick it and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lead 1917 and then patriots go on the drive late drive they had to a chance. they they had a chance with nick folk and mm. it's just a heartbreaking soul for patriot fans to watch that football hit the front upright and go out that was tough that was tough i, I would say that i'm more of a patriots fan than a tom mm-hmm. brady fan but mm-hmm. i mean this was a fun game uh you know i, I was a little it was hard to go knew know who to go for. I was like, I was just hoping for a good game, which was pretty slow. Like I said, the rain helped with that. But uh, man, to, to watch that ball hit the upright, man, it was, uh, it was. I was like, oh man, we might actually beat Tom Brady. You know, spoil, uh, yeah. spoil the homecoming. You know, spoil <laughs> the return. Uh, no, 
the, the upright had different planes. Yeah, and whenever you look at the the type of situations, you know, you, you always feel like even people that are 60, 70, 80 years old, you feel like, oh, I've seen it all. But no, even they haven't. You know, this is a once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime type of situation. You know, you have the, the quarterback that's been there for probably the, the greatest player of all time being there for 20 years for that one organization. It's not like, I mean... It's not like a Joe Montana going from San Francisco to Kansas City and then just kind of having like, oh, okay. Or Michael Jordan with the Washington Wizards. I mean, as good as he still was at 39, 40 years old playing for the Wizards, it wasn't like, okay, he's not going to be in well, it was playoff a, contention with the guys around it. But with Tom. He already won a championship. Yeah. <laughs> with his, his, the first team he first goes season, to. First, first season. First championship. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's a little different, you know, because he's still competitive. He's still, you know, competing with the best teams out there. Yeah. And it's just, it's bizarre, but it's also awesome to watch. And I I loved it. I loved it. And I love that uh, the game last night ended up being a close one and a good competitive one. Uh, like I said, I wish the rain would have been uh, not so much of a factor. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, the fans, they loved him and they respected him and they still probably do. But at the end of the day, the Patriots t- uh, fans wanted to win, which Definitely. any fan base, I believe, would sure. want that. <laughs> If you didn't, then I, there's something wrong. Yeah, with what you. are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're wearing the wrong <laughs> colors, my man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was just it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, loved how the fans kind of went with it. Like I said, it was great to see them cheer for him and respect him, and the, like the video up on like that they had for him. Uh, then you know respecting him for pass the passing yards. But at the end of the day, like I said, like. The, the Patriots wanted to win, and as soon as he came on the field, they booed him. And, I mean, <laughs> he did a lot for the Patriots as an organization and basically made them a dynasty. So, like, a, like you just you, you got to respect the guy, but it, you want to win. You want to win. No, absolutely. You definitely want to come out there with a win. I'm sure there are a bunch of emotions at first. Now, what was really awkward at first was the postgame handshake between Bill and Tom. It was very short. Tom looked like he had wanted to talk a little bit more. It was Bill awkward. was just kind of shook hands, looked the other way. But it was good to know that Bill went to the Tampa Bay locker room after the game to talk with Tom. Apparently it was a good 20-minute conversation, helped clear the air, some good closure. So definitely some a good sign for Bill to take an initiative. And apparently it was already a, a, a planned private conversation that was supposed to happen. But good for Bill, good for Tom, good for the fans to just kind of meet up again. And I did think it was interesting. It was, it was pretty cool. I did think it was interesting, though, in the post game, uh, how Tom Brady said that it's not how it's portrayed. Like, he, yeah. said, he said that their their relationship is not how everybody shows it out to be. So I don't know how that means because I've seen it both ways. I've seen it portrayed sure. where, like, they have a terrible relationship, and I've also seen it as they both respect each other, and they understood where both of them were coming from. So I don't really know what he means by that, but uh, I don't know. I hope it's all good, I guess. Definitely. I would understand. The last few years, I think no doubt about it, it was definitely rocky. It was about as rocky as you it could It was an it. interesting departure by Tom Brady was the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I guess people kind of saw it coming a little bit. I mean, he spent 20 years with them, so. You were the same owner and coach for 20 years. It's got to mean something. Yeah, it's got to mean something. And, yeah, and also, like, uh, I was watching the game, like, pregame uh, last night, and whenever 
the commentators were like, yeah, you don't see this very often. Whenever Tom Brady went and talked to Robert Kraft mm-hmm. and uh, were like, you don't see the visiting quarterback go and talk to the, you know, home team's owner. Right. You don't see that very often. So yeah. there's definitely some respect there. I mean, and I don't see why you wouldn't respect them. I and mean, he got the team six championships, you know, took up to nine Super Bowls, made them millions of dollars. So I, right. you got to respect the man. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, we know we're never going to see it again. So we just have to enjoy it while it lasts. And that is a bit of our NFL talk. We'll get back into the NFL in just a moment for our on the line predictions. But going into the collegiate game for a second, Oklahoma State. Oh, let's go. Wins by 10, 24 14 to the Baylor Bears. First ranked matchup. Time, 5 0 start since 2015. So it's been long overdue. Uh, but I believe all of the Cowboys fans out there right now are just kind of holding their breath. Kinda, it's it's not the same feeling as like 2011. Oh, sure, sure. Because 2011, we just we were explosive. You know, we were beating teams by 50 points. Yeah. Uh, had the star pieces already there. Yeah. They, they, the fans knew, everybody knew that it was going to be a, a very packed season for them. Yeah, our highest margin of victory so far this season was Kansas State by 11. So we're, we're cutting some games a little bit close. I mean, our, And we're relying on our defense a lot, which isn't a bad thing. Our defense is great. But, I mean, we need to kind of bring it all together so that, like, our the fans and the team can realize, like, maybe we can actually do something here. But uh, – like I said, the defense is kind of carrying the squad. Spencer Sanders has still did okay. He he did have a touchdown. Uh, I believe he had like 200 passing yards. Had, uh, 182 oh. passing yards. Ah, 76 on the ground. 76 on the ground. Yeah, he did, very, he did, yeah, he did great on the, ground. on the ground. And uh, Jalen Warren hit another. Uh, he had 120 something, I believe. Yeah, two touchdowns. 125 yards 125. and two touchdowns. Yeah, and then uh, the backup as well. He did really well. What was his name? Uh, uh, Richardson, Richardson. Right. Dominic Richardson. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, that's what I thought, but I forgot for a second. Anyway, he did as well coming in, giving uh, you know Warren a break there here and there in the game, and I thought I thought that was big as well because you know keeping him fresh because we did a lot of running. Yeah, but we ran the ball the majority of the time of that game, which I would say that we're well, and that was so smart on our part because you saw as Spencer Sanders threw three interceptions, mm. and we I think we ran the ball like fifty something times compared to like maybe. 20 of like uh our passing game and out of those like 20 or 30 passing plays he threw three interceptions yeah but the thing like that's one thing to look at but then you can look on the other side of the ball and several a couple of those they put it in great field position and our defense ended up pushing them back enough to where they couldn't even get a field goal like there was one we threw he threw a pick uh on like our 10 yard line or something like that and they had the ball on like the 25 or 30 or something like that, and our defense ended up making them lose yards, get negative on that drive to where they had to punt the ball and not get a field goal. Uh, so you, you got to have big ups to our defense. Our defense came out swinging and, ne- and never let up. I mean, there was a couple big plays that they let up, uh, like the the pretty decent run by Smith there uh, in the third quarter because we ha- they was a shutout in the first half, you know, 14-0. to zero. It was a great game. Uh, our offense is kind of questionable, like I said, though, but – if we can, I don't. I don't know how much longer we can lean on our defense, especially when we come to like uh, Texas, which is the next coming up game, or uh, Oklahoma. Whenever we play some mm-hmm. of those more high-powered offenses, sure, uh, it's going to be a little harder to 
just completely rely on our defense. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be tough. And again, great defensive game, like you said, with Rodriguez, 11 total tackles, leading the stat sheet on the defensive side. You had Colin Oliver stepping up in a big role with two sacks in the game. Bernard Converse, Evers combining with half a sack in the game. And then if you look at the the touchdown interception ratio for Sanders going one to three, but still depending on Jalen Warren for the run game and how consistently good that he's been on the ground game, that's going to have to be Oklahoma State's firepower. I mean, that's on the offensive side. If they have a firepower, it's definitely on the ground game, and they need to keep it on the ground game. That's where they can stay consistent. But my only problem is with that is we have great weapons at wide receiver. Sure, yeah. Yeah, great weapons. You know, uh, Tay Martin, uh, uh, Presley, some of those guys are great pieces, but it seems as if uh, Spencer Sanders just can't find him sometimes. He has like he has a hard time reading the defense at times, sure. and it's uh, it's almost annoying sometimes as a like a, as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I can't really say as much because I'm not on the field. I'm not there. I'm not part of it. I'm not in his shoes, mm-hmm. so I can't say a whole lot. You know, I don't want to come off as a jerk. You know, I'm not going to be no Oklahoma <laughs> fan and start uh, chanting for Illingsworth or something to come in the game. But uh, no, 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 go OU for you, no. Nah, no. Well, I'm just I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to be like their fans, man. They were, you know, I, I guess they had high hopes as an Oklahoma fan for uh, Rattler, and he came in and just threw those away. A uh, little quick interesting information here is he came mm-hmm. into the season with 65% chance to win mm-hmm. the Heisman. 65%. It's a big it was percentage. Thir- it was like 13-2. to two. Like 13-2 was like the over-under or whatever, or like overall that he could win, and, and now he's not even in the top 10. Yeah, I think the others were that the others coming in were Ugalele from Clemson, and then oh, he's not in it anymore either. No, Mm-mm. no. How about that, Bryce too? Young from Alabama? I think he could still be. I know we're getting off candidate. a little bit of topic here, but how about Clemson too? Not even in the top twenty-five now. No, That's wow. insane. I never well, thought that uh, would happen. Ooh, wow, man! I know Trevor Lawrence is gone, but I mean, this was a Ugalele is a freshman last year. I mean, he. He played his butt off against Notre Dame, even though they lost in South Bend, and it was you know, it was a great game. And we thought that we all thought that oh, he's he's going to be the future. Clemson's going to be fine. Dabo Sweeney's going to coach him up just fine. And the defense with Coach Venables going to have him straight up one of the best still. But it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. I never yeah. I never thought I'd see that. Wasn't expecting that's for sure. Or even uh, there was a lot of th- this has been a very odd season it has if, if you would have told me we were starting out five and oh i might have said i i don't know i might have called, called cap on that <laughs> like i, I might have said ah no i don't think that's gonna happen chief but uh we, we five and oh you know and it's the first time also that both oklahoma teams in you know, oklahoma and o- oklahoma state have started out five and oh since 2011 wow yeah and so. we all remember 2011 now you were just talking about 2011 just a moment ago we all knew that there would be some offensive star firepower going into that season, and it, it resulted in that way. I mean, they they had a they had a great season overall. You know, didn't get what they wanted. Fans didn't get what they wanted, but overall, still ended great. Yeah, uh, their end result was great. Definitely. I and, mean, and both we came in like you said with a lot of firepower. We started out ranked, I believe, like number six in twenty eleven. Yeah. We, this year is a whole different show you know we did Definitely. not come into this season ranked at all i don't believe right uh, and, and so 
And now we're looking at maybe the, what is it, the twelfth spot? Yeah. So that's uh, we've had to work our way this season. It's not. I, I'm not trying to compare this season at all to 2012 or 2011, but uh, I'm just saying though that like it's uh, an accomplishment that we haven't made in a while. Haven't been five and zero since 2015, and both Oklahoma teams have not started out five and zero since 2011. So it's it's just something to look for. You know, both Oklahoma teams, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the only two teams in the Big 12 left undefeated. Uh, top of the our uh you know this conference right now yeah and it's it's awesome it's awesome it's uh i don't know it's, it's just it, it makes me happy no <laughs> uh, yeah definitely as an oklahoma state fan or for any oklahoma state fans out there definitely should put some smiles on their faces although well i don't think this has the same star firepower as 2011 i do think that there have been some little small improvements game by game i think the play calling has gotten better Definitely. i think the defense has still stayed consistent as they have been i i think that the running game has gotten better and i think that oklahoma state they're finally starting to find their niche to get a little more consistent on each and every one of their aspects i think the co- overall coaching has gotten better the players i mean we you know, you know you just talked about it came into the season not the same star firepower is not 2011 the same hype at all right not the same hype at all and i mean i i understand I mean, it. Expected, i understand expected it. we expected. all we, as oklahoma state fans had the same feeling sure but as as games have gone on game by game i think the coaching has gotten very much better and i i credit i agree my gundy play jim Knowles, play calling Casey has Dunn. changed play calling has has gotten a lot better and the decision making has gotten a lot better from the sideline i agree i agree and that's what a lot of people have said is that uh we may not have actually like our team may have not won that game, but more of that we they get uh, Baylor just got out coached. Sure, which I, I could I could agree with that. Agree. I could agree with that a whole lot. We had great play calling, but I mean uh, you can't take away from how much the the offense and defense worked their butt off, especially the defense. Like I was, we were we, yeah. we've no, we've done nothing but brag on the defense all season, and we're gonna have to continue with that if we expect to keep staying undefeated. You know. Uh, Little side note though is uh, everybody better get ready for Bedlam. I know that's not till November twenty seventh, but mm. but you better go ahead and buy your tickets now. <laughs> and I buy really do mean now. that because those tickets are expensive. They are expensive, and we will look forward to that. And for the rest of Oklahoma State's games throughout the season, for now it's on to Texas. For now it's on to te- on on to Austin, on to on to UT, on, on to, to Texas, UT, yep. <laughs> on to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> now going into. The NFL for our last segment on the line. We'll look forward to what we've got so far for next week's games. So, a good Thursday night game, actually, an actual good Thursday night game. It's about time. It's about time. Isn't it's, it? it's been it's been <laughs> pretty rough. You know, I, I have to, I have a hard time waiting until Sunday to watch all the good games. It's tough. It's tough. But Thursday night we're going to get a real treat: Rams against the Seahawks Ooh. in Seattle. High-powered on, offenses, right there. Right, and. Right now, they've got the Rams by one and a half. Oh my, that's a terrible line. That is a terrible line. I Man. hate it when they do one. That was like the uh, the Rams and Bucks. It's really it was, tough. It was a. I think the Rams had a favored by one. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, what how is do that? You, how do you how do you judge? How that? do you choose that? <laughs> Who wins in that? Nobody. I don't even know. With that honestly. kind of line, it it's just rough. Uh, I I'm gonna take the Rams on this mm-hmm. easy because yes, they did they. They got smacked around Sunday by by the Cardinals. Cardinals man, man, that offense is oof. really something. Man, man. the Cardinals just mm. beat them up. They but uh, I'm gonna take the Rams just because last this last Sunday, uh, mm. yesterday, the Seahawks were they started out 
slow, really, mm. really slow in the first half against the 49ers. No, no hate on the 49ers, but I, as high-powered as that offense is with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson in the backfield, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Wilson, like all those guys are, oh, man, huge. And, yeah. and, and to come out there, and I believe in the first half they had like nothing. They, they ended up – it was seven to like fourteen, I believe, at halftime, and it it was just rough. It was rough, and they had a few uh, mishaps on the 49ers side that the Seahawks capitalized on. So I I think that if the Rams don't beat themselves, uh, then they they win this game easy. Uh, I also hope though that it's a high scoring game because my fantasy team needs help, <laughs> and DK Metcalf is on that team. <laughs> if you have, I mean, if you have either four of the receivers, Metcalf, Cooper, Lockett. Cup, oh, Cup or Woods or Woods, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, or even uh, even Deshaun Jackson, maybe. Like maybe. the Bucks, you know, yeah. he had that seventy-five yard touchdown against the Bucks. So, right there's some you, solid uh, points, fantasy. See a good deep threat again. I don't know. Right. <laughs> he might be a little inconsistent. He's kind of old now. That's true. I, I'm gonna say though, I will take the Rams too. I'll take them by one and a half, I, just because I think that they're gonna do a better job at exposing Seattle's defense because I think that. The Rams, with the offensive power that they have, I, I think that they could do that. So I'm going to say we're both saying Rams, Definitely. one and a half, yep. taking the Rams on that. This will be interesting. Sunday after Sunday at noon, Packers, Bengals, Green Bay by three and a half. I take that as well. I would take yeah. that as well. Uh, I think the Packers have found their, where they left off last season. Because mm-hmm. after that week, the awful week one loss oh. against the Saints, Jeez. which everybody – immediately had the Saints being amazing and not missing a step from losing Breeze, but uh-huh. it was just kind of a fluke. I think also part of that was that Aaron Rodgers came into the season not prepared, in my opinion. And there was a, he might have had a, in the back of his mind a little bit of this offseason talk and with him. And he had some Alex Trebek Jeopardy music going through his yeah, head. Yeah, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't focused. And he also he did not uh, go to training camp or whatever this uh, yeah. this summer. So I think he came in a little rusty, a little... Uh, not ready, not prepared. Definitely. And the Saints capitalized on that big time as they didn't even let the Packers in the end zone once. Sure. And but I, in my opinion, I think they've got they've got back to where they were. They've get they're getting yeah. there anyway. Uh, they've they've put together three back to back wins now. Uh, I believe it's three, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yes. Now they're three and one. Yep. They're three and one. And uh, you know, I'm just I I think that they they got this. I I would probably take that because the Bengals. Just barely pulled out the last Thursday night. Yeah. Was it the yeah, Thursday night against the Jags? The Jags had their number in the they first did. half. They started out uh, was fourteen or twenty-one to zero or something like that. They they came out just knocking the Bengals around, and They're then they dominated. just kind of let up. It was kind of I don't know. Uh, I feel bad for uh, Trevor Lawrence though. First time ever in his career, probably, and I know that <laughs> that he's won four or lost four consecutive games. Oh. Man, think about high school, college, and coming into the NFL. Well, I mean, you know, as a rookie, even anybody is a rookie. I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, he was. I mean, his numbers were awful as a I rookie. Mean, you but can, you could list all the greats. Very back and forth. Even Aaron Rodgers had a terrible rookie year. Sure, yeah. uh, I'm sure Tom. I don't even know if Tom Brady saw the field in his rookie year. He was behind Drew Bledsoe. Out of way, he's gotten a lot better since then. Well, yeah, he's yeah. arguably the greatest of all time now. So right. you can't <laughs> define. And also, the reason they drafted him is they're looking for him to start turning around this organization. Yeah, he's not going to turn it around in 
overnight. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now I understand that, the, that I believe going back into last season, they're zero and fifteen so far. Mm. So going back to last season, and then, and also in my opinion, I think they messed up by uh, letting go of Minshew. I think they should have kept Minshew, maybe put him as a backup. I don't know if he would have went for that. I mean, he's a backup now, but I think that they should have kept him, in my opinion, just because Minshew was highly underrated, in my opinion. There are times whenever, I mean, he would go out on the field and he would surprise all of us. Oh, uh, I mean, there was people, I know they were picking him up in fantasy because he was he, he got yards, he'd get you touchdowns, He uh, but and he was a little more... I don't know, uh, under control of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawrence seems to be a little bit lost at times and a little bit like starstruck with like being out there on the NFL field. Nothing against him. Great guy, great quarterback. But sometimes he seems just a little bit like, uh, gosh, where am I at? <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? Or whenever the like, he, they have a terrible O line. I know that everybody knows that that watches in, that watches NFL football. Yeah, and mm. sometimes whenever the rush comes, I feel like you should be expecting it at this point. It, you know, it's they're four, they've lost four in a row. I feel like you you, you should be expecting that you're going to be you're going to have to use your legs a little bit. That's part of the reason they got him. You know, they didn't go draft a refrigerator. They drafted <laughs> a guy that can move a little bit. And I understand that you can't always run for your life every play, but he's going to have to muse his feet a little bit. He's going to have to, you know, make some stuff happen back there or they're just going to continue to lose. Reference to the 1985 Bears, the refrigerator. The refrigerator. <laughs> Last, and oh, I will say, yeah, I'll take the Packers too by three. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the Packers. Last game we'll do, just talking about the Cardinals just now, 49ers, Cardinals, Arizona by five and a half. Ooh, I don't know about that one. That, uh... That 49ers defense, like I said, in the first half gave the Seahawks a lot of trouble. A lot of yeah. trouble. Yeah. Uh, I don't take that. And also, people forget that the Arizona Cardinals should have a loss on their season. Mm. They definitely should have lost to the Vikings, but that kick was awful. Oh, man. That kick was awful. What, are, what up with the Vikings and their kickers? Oh, oh man. They honestly should just start going for it. <laughs> just say, ah, we don't need a kicker. Uh, they should take the we'll throw our backup, take the position off the team. <laughs> throw their backup quarterback in there to kick extra points and then, oh, and then never go for a field goal. And Amagatsu one time tried a field goal when he was with Detroit. Maybe they should have that hey, I, don't I, don't, I don't know if the Bucks would give him oh, up, though. Oh, man. He's a, pretty, uh, he's a pretty big pass rusher. He's a pretty big guy, good guy. But yeah, for sure. All well. jokes around there, but, um, you know, for the Cardinals, I think their offense is just as true as how it's supposed to be. I think that the Cardinals win this game, but I don't take that line. Okay. I'll, uh, I will take the line. I uh, will. Okay. 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 So that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Huh. I, uh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a difference there. One difference. <laughs> well, that is all for this episode of Before the Storm for James and everyone here who helps us out at the Ocast. Thank you very much. Have a great one.